welcome to another interesting episode of All Things Basketball Podcast, and I'm your host, Coach Luke. It's TGIF. It's, I'm feeling good. It's a beautiful sunny day, and how are you guys feeling out there in basketball land? I hope you're feeling well, because I sure am, and we're getting ready to get into episode 15. The name of episode 15 is Unloaded. The name of episode 15 is is unloaded and we'll get into that a little bit later because you know how coach luke like to do it leave leave out a little hint and get into it a little bit later but before we do anything you go you guys know what to do tap in tap into all things basketball podcast on instagram and tap into all things basketball podcast on facebook and if you need good training you also know what to do hit the email button and we'll get those good trainers, and we got great coaches all across the board, and we'll get them out there to you. All you got to do is leave your information, and we'll get right back to you. Well, we're getting into episode 15, and I tell you, I love love all of my listeners for hanging in there with us at All Things Basketball Podcast, hitting the download button, the like, share, sharing your comments, hitting me on Instagram, hitting me on Facebook. Hey, it's deeply, deeply appreciated. Well, let's get into episode 15. Let's not wait any longer. All right. We're starting off with LeVar Ball. LeVar Ball is petitioning the NBA for his youngest son, LaMelo Ball. Well, I don't know if you guys know of the the gentleman LeVar Ball He's the father of three excellent young men, three excellent ballers. Lonzo, who plays for the Lakers. Leangelo, I believe he plays in the JBL. And LaMelo also plays in the JBL. But I'll tell you what, all of these young men have a future in the NBA. Coach Luke believes all of them have a future in the NBA. But right now, we're talking about the youngest of the three, LaMelo Ball. So LaVar Ball is petitioning the NBA in hopes that they will allow him, uh, they will allow LaMelo Ball to participate this year in the G League. Well, we were talking about LaMelo Ball in an episode, maybe two episodes ago, about signing a, a pro contract in New Zealand, all right? And that's probably still in the works. But at, at this moment, what, the, what LeVar Ball is trying to do is get his young son via G League to the NBA. And it's a great, great move. And LaMelo Ball is an excellent, excellent talent. I really believe he has the ability to play in the NBA right now. But... You know, the thing that's going on with LaMelo Ball, when he was a little bit younger, his father took him out of high school and sent him to Russia to play professional ball. So when he sent him to Russia to play professional ball, it all but wiped wiped away his eligibility, his collegiate eligibility. Because Coach Luke believes there's steps to this situation. And he also believes that the best place for LaMelo Ball would have been to play one year of collegiate basketball. But since his eligibility is definitely in question, and I'm not sure, they I don't know if they petitioned the NCAA uh, or anything like that, but I really believe once you start playing for money, you cannot play amateur basketball in the NCAA. That's my belief. And so now LaVar Ball is petitioning the NBA so that his youngest son can have an opportunity to play in the G League and then move up forward to the NBA. And it's a wonderful thing. Just because the the league doesn't favor you, uh, the league looks at LaVar Ball as a troublemaker, hey, everybody has a right to earn a living. You don't have to like a person or, or, or feel good about a person and you don't have to agree with that person's um, that person, the way that he moves and the th- decisions that he makes. But I tell you what, everybody deserves an opportunity. And I hope the NBA and the G League gives LaMelo La Ball an opportunity 
to perform the way he can at a high, high level. And so that's it with LeVar Ball and his youngest son, LaMelo Ball. He's petitioning the NBA in hopes that they come back with an approval so that he could perform in the G League this upcoming season. All right. The Phoenix Suns are pushing hard for Darius Garland. Now, Darius Garland is an excellent, excellent talent. And like Coach Luke said, he's definitely going to go in the top five or maybe seven in the NBA draft on June 20th. Now, you know All Things Basketball Podcast is in the building at the draft. I got to keep telling you that, and that will be aired live on Facebook Live and IGTV. All right? We won't go audio for the draft. We will be visual. So remember that. You'll be able to see the whole crew, Coach Luke and everybody at All Things Basketball Podcast. My whole team will be there. But let's get back into the one Darius Garland. Right now, they're trying to, the Phoenix Suns are trying to move up in the draft order because they feel by the time uh, their pick comes up, and now the Phoenix Suns have the number six pick, they don't feel comfortable that Darius Garland will still be on the board. And I'll tell you what, Coach Luke agrees <laughs> with the Phoenix Suns. I don't see Darius Garland being on the board by the time the sixth pick comes around. So now what Phoenix is trying to do is put together a package, and they're trying to position themselves with one of the five teams ahead of them to make a deal so that they can get Darius Garland. And, you know, it's a great thing because, you know, all of these teams are jockeying their way and making moves or trying to make moves before uh, the lottery comes up, before the draft comes up, I mean. And so it's interesting to see how all of the teams are trying to wedge their way in, maybe get a higher pick, maybe trade some players for for a back-end pick. And so, you know, it's a lot of interesting scenarios going on with the teams that's not only in the lottery, but the teams abroad. I mean, right now, the draft is the biggest thing on everybody's board. And so, right now, it's the focus of every team in the NBA. That, the draft and free agency, is the biggest focuses for every team right now in the NBA. So, the Phoenix Suns are trying to push very hard to get within the top four teams. They're trying very hard to get within the top four teams. And the top four teams are the New Orleans Pelicans, the Memphis Grizzlies, the New York Knicks, and the Los Angeles Lakers. All right? And so they're trying to push very hard to get within the top four so that they can get one Darius Garland's services as he comes out and becomes a rookie and he's a phenomenal talent. He's an excellent point guard. And he's someone that really, really is worth pushing and, and making these moves to get. I'll tell you, so Phoenix is not too bad for trying to get Darius Garland because he's an excellent, excellent talent. Once again, tap into All Things Basketball Podcast on Instagram. Follow me and I'll follow you. Tap into All Things Basketball on Facebook. If you need good training, hey, hit that email button. All right? Leave your information and we'll get right back to you. We got a lot of great coaches on deck, people. Download, like, share. Come on, people. It's TGIF. Let's go. Norman Powell. Reserve forward for the Toronto Raptors is pushing for more playing time in the NBA Finals. He's saying he's talking to Coach Nick Nurse about getting more minutes on the floor. And he's telling Coach Nick Nurse he can help in ways that he probably think others can't. Now, you know, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I've been around basketball. Mm, I don't want Coach Luke don't want to tell his age, but I've been around basketball for more, for more than forty plus years. All right, and I'm gonna tell you something. 
when you get to the finals, you let the coaches coach and the players play. Now, Norman Powell's an excellent talent, all right? But I think right now is not the time or the place because the coaching staff is strategizing, the players are strategizing, and the last thing that Coach Nick Nurse needs is one of his players that are on the sideline telling him, look, I need to play more. Not at this point. I'll tell you why. Because if it, if it didn't happen in the regular season and you were happy with your minutes, Norman Powell, in the regular season, and you did all that you could do in the regular season to show the coaching staff where you need to come in at and how you need to perform, then you shouldn't, my opinion, Coach Luke's opinion, you really shouldn't be talking about playing time as far as the NBA Finals. I'm not going to say that it's sour grapes because I can remember when I was playing, and of course you're looking at the game from the sideline and you definitely feel, well, man, if if the coach puts me in, I know I can do this. I know I can do that. But the coach has a reason for having the five players on the floor, on the floor. All right? Now, I've been on both sides of the fence. As I tell all of you now, I'm I'm a coach right now. All right? But I was a player for many years. And so what winds up happening is a player sees things that they can exploit. But at the same time, the coach is seeing things, and the coach sees that the five guys that he has on the floor is the five guys at that moment that can best succeed for that particular coach, you know. And so, you know, I just think Norman Powell should just lay back. He's going to get playing time. He's been getting playing time. So I don't know where this is coming from, but I just believe, you know, at this point in time, you let the coaches coach and the players play and let the chips fall where they may. Kevin Durant played three-on-three in the Golden State building yesterday. They wanted to see if Kevin Durant was able to move laterally, was able to spring off his legs, was able to shoot with no hesitation, Was they had the quickness to where they could clear him to play tonight in game four. This is why the Golden State Warriors, the defending champs, put together this three-on-three to see where Kevin Durant is. His mobility and everything uh, was in question because Kevin Durant wants to get back on the floor. He feels he can get back on the floor. But um, Kevin Durant will not be playing in game four. The Golden State Warriors made the decision after the three-on-three that was heavily watched, not only by the trainers, the coaches, the general manager, all everybody involved in the Golden State building watched this three-on-three and came down with the decision that Kevin Durant will not suit up for game four. He will not suit up for game four. And like Coach Luke told you, all right, if he didn't play in game three, I don't believe you'll see Kevin Durant for the rest of the season. If he didn't play in game three, I just don't see Kevin Durant coming back and playing anytime soon other than next season. And by next season, I'm thinking he'll be in a New Jersey. All right, once again, tap in, baby. Y'all know what to do is TGIF. Tap in. Tap into All Things Basketball Podcast. Follow me and I'll follow you. Tap into All Things Basketball Facebook. Hit the email button. If you need good training, hey, hit that email button. We'll get good coaches out to you, and we can progress your game step by step so that by next season, you'll be ready to perform at a high, high level. Download, like, share. All right, the Instagram is open, people. Come on, hit me with some questions. I'm ready. Let's go. It's TGIF.
Clay Thompson. Wow, it just seems like we're talking about the defending champs throughout the whole episode unloaded. We're just talking about the defending champs. Ain't this something? Well, Clay Thompson, well, people were hearing from the outside. The reporters were hearing, uh, the media rather, were hearing from the outside of the Golden State locker room a shouting match with Clay Thompson and Steve Kerr. Evidently, Clay Thompson believed that he would be cleared to play in game three, only to find out from the head coach, Coach Kerr, that he was not cleared and he would have to go through another evaluation before tonight's game. All right? Which brought Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson was in an uproar. And they had a shouting match. And all you could hear from what I'm hearing, Coach Lucas hearing, all you could hear is Steve Kerr saying, it came from upstairs. It came from upstairs. So uh, Clay Thompson was uh, pushing the mantle with the head coach, Coach Kerr. And Coach Kerr was letting him know it wasn't his decision. It came from upstairs. Now, I'll be honest with you. For some strange reason, Clay Thompson and the Golden State Brass has always had friction. And Clay Thompson is such an excellent talent. I don't understand why Golden State always, the Warriors always give Clay Thompson these issues. I'll tell you, he's an excellent player. He's one of the best defenders. And like Coach Luke said, I really believe he got snubbed for the All-NBA team. One of the three teams Clay Thompson should have been on. But back to the situation between Golden State, the defending champions, Brass, and Clay Thompson. It's always been a rocky relationship. They've always had a rocky relationship, Clay Thompson and the, and the Golden State Brass. And so, you know, Clay Thompson emphatically said, I need to play, and I I should be playing next game, or else, wow, he's giving the NBA champion, Golden State Warriors, an ultimatum. Now, I'll tell you what, Clay Thompson is free to walk after these finals. He is a free agent, an unrestricted free agent, and he's able to walk. So I don't know what that meant when they said, you hear Clay Thompson saying, hey, I need to be cleared by next game or else. We really don't know what that means, but we can kind of read the tea leaves. He's letting the team know, hey, either I'm going to play, you're going to treat me as valuable as I feel I am, or I'm going to walk in the off season. That's what Coach Luke is looking at. That's what it sounds like to Coach Luke. So I tell you, I mean, hey, you know, that's something that everybody has to look at when it comes to Clay Thompson. And so Coach Luke will definitely be looking tonight to see if Clay one Clay Thompson is on the floor. And I believe he'll play tonight. I believe they're, they're going to have to play him tonight. You understand what I'm saying? I really don't think that they're going to go another game without the Splash Brothers playing the game of basketball together because it gives them their best chance. It gives them their best chance, people. This, this is the way that they've won all of these championships. you got to have the Splash Brothers on the floor. You can't just have Klay Thompson on the floor without Steph Curry, and you can't have Steph Curry on the floor. And Steph Curry played a phenomenal game, 47 points the other night, but he needed more help. He needed more help. And so that's why the Splash Brothers have to play together if Golden State's going to have any opportunity to not only even this series, but have a chance to win the NBA Finals again. The Splash Brothers must be a unit for that to happen. And so from what we're hearing, Clay Thompson and Coach Kerr really went at it behind closed doors and behind closed, it was so loud that you could hear it in the players' hallway where the media was at. And you know Coach Luke got a little connections, and you know the call came to Coach Luke, so I had to tell my listeners, hey, listen, 
This is what's going on in the Golden State Building. Hey, it helps to have connections. <laughs> well, all right. The WNBA recap. And I keep telling you, man, I'm going to get down to the garden, the Liberty. Coach Luke is coming. Coach Luke is coming. All right. The Liberty. All right. But right now we got the WNBA recap on deck. The WNBA recap. And I'll tell you something. I will tell you something. Those Las Vegas Ace are really, really playing. They are really playing some ball. They're looking scary. They're looking scary now. Las Vegas Ace, remember that. All right? So here we go with the WNBA recap. The Los Angeles Spark, 77. The Connecticut Sun, 89. The Las Vegas Ace, and they're balling, 92. And the Atlanta Dream, 69. The Phoenix Mercury, 56. And the Minnesota Lynx beat them in the nail-biter, 58-56. The Minnesota Lynx beat the um, the Phoenix Mercury in a two-point nail-biter, 58-56. And that is our WNBA recap. And I tell you, Coach Luke going to get down to some of them games. All right, now, Liberty, get ready, because here we come. All Things Basketball Podcast, we're going to be in the building at the New York Liberty game. You can believe that, baby. Once again, tap into All Things Basketball Podcast on Instagram. Follow me, and I'm going to follow you. Tap into All Things Basketball Podcast on Facebook. If you need good training, hit the email button. We got a lot of excellent coaches on deck, and more coaches are coming. Coach Luke is checking our resumes every single day to add to our coaching mantle, and we're going to get a lot more coaches. All right? So hit that email button if you need good training. All right? Okay. All right. This is what I'm talking about. This is what Coach Luke is talking about, people. Hey, man, and we haven't had a training question all right, and thank you, young man. This is wonderful. We haven't had a training question in a couple of episodes. I'll be honest with you. We haven't had any training questions, and I'm feeling wonderful about this one. I love it, love it, love it. All right. How can I become a better ball handler? How can I become a better ball handler? Well, I think I've answered this question a few times, but, you know, hey, Coach Luke don't mind answering the same question a million times. As long as it helps the up-and-coming ball player, I'm okay with it. Well, first of all, you have to dribble, dribble, and more dribble. You have to spend about two hours a day dribbling the basketball, all right? And and what you have to do is what I like to do or what I like to, how I like to train guys is do several drills, but use the whole full court, all right? So if you're going up the court, you're crossing over. You're going up, you're crossing over, and you're going 90 feet back and forth, preferably four times crossing over. Now, when you do that, after you do that four times, now you're dribbling behind your back. Boom, you're dribbling once. You're coming up, you're walking up, you're dribbling around behind your back again. And you're dribbling behind your back four or five times up the court, full court. And you're gonna, what's gonna happen is you're gonna keep doing these things. You're gonna keep uh, uh, dribbling. You're gonna keep dribbling. You're gonna keep, you come up and you dribble through your legs. You're dribbling through your legs all the way up the court. And you turn around and you go back to the next basket, dribbling up, your, uh, dribbling through your legs, back and forth, back and forth. You need to do that four times. You know, so you, and, and the thing is, is you need to spend a lot of time dribbling. 
even dribbling the ball, you working on your ball handling rather. And what happens is, is you'll see your ball handling getting a lot better. Now, here's the secret. All right. Get yourself a handball or a tennis ball and spend at least 45 minutes dribbling the handball or dribbling the tennis ball. And then put that down and pick up the basketball for 25 to 30 minutes. Put the basketball back down, pick up the handball or the tennis ball for 30 and keep switching. So you need, in other words, you need a handball or a tennis ball, but you also need your basketball. All right. And you got to jockey it back and forth, but you also got to spend time dribbling, young man. You have to spend a lot of time dribbling. And Coach Luke says preferably two hours a day, especially now because the summertime is upon us. So you're going to have a lot of time on your hands. You know, you're out of high school. You're okay. In 11th grade. All right. You're on the varsity. Okay. And so that's a beautiful thing. You're already on the team and you want to advance your game. So what you're going to do is you're going to practice your dribbling. You have to get out there and dribble that basketball, work on your ball handling. All right. Go on uh, YouTube. There's a lot of good tutorials on YouTube about dribbling the basketball, how to get better. But that's what Coach Luke is trying to tell you. You have to work on what you want to get better at. And if you want to get better at dribbling, young man, hey, there's nothing to it but to do it. Get yourself your basketball and get out there and dribble your basketball for preferably two hours. All right? Okay. Get out there and start dribbling. Today is a nice day. Today is a nice day, young man. So I hope I helped you in the best possible way. And I'm glad that you asked that question because I love the training questions. (laughs) Thank you very, very much. Once again, tap into All Things Basketball Podcast on Instagram. Tap into All Things Basketball Podcast on Facebook. If you need good training, hit that email button. You guys know what to do. Download, share, like. Come on, let's go, people. It's TGIF. What we going to do? Let's do it. All right? Now, we're getting into four-star recruit, Nassim Khalid. He committed to FSU, Florida State University, last year. Well, now he's decommitting. He does not want to go to FSU anymore. And these things happen, you know. I mean, these things happen. I tell you, you know, what happens is you sign a young man and he commits to your college. And then when he goes on a visit to see the institution and see the campus, he might have a change of heart. And it's up to him. It's his prerogative. He might not have liked the, the, the campus. He might not have felt at home. You know, when you go away from your family and you leave your mother and your father or your mother or your father, if you're in a single parent household, or even if you're not with your parents, sometimes you go to these places and you want to have a sense of home. You want to feel comfortable when you get to college. You want to feel comfortable. And when you're comfortable, you do your best work in the classroom and you also do your best work on the basketball court. You understand? And so what happened was Nassim Khalid visited FSU and he really wasn't satisfied. And so he decommitted. And this happens all the time with young men and young women. They pick a college while they're in high school and then they go visit that college. All right. They might read up about the college and look at the brochure and they feel comfortable and good about the college. And then when they go visit the college, it's not what they feel the college is. They, it's, it's in their right to make a quick switch, you know, because remember, you know, everybody is not a one and done. Everybody's not going to go to college for one year or two years. A lot of these guys and a lot of these young women are going to be at that institution for four years. And so, you know, they're looking at their education a lot. They're looking at, you know, are they going to be happy in this place for four years? And so Nassim Khalid said, hey, 
I don't think I'm going to be happy at SS, FSU, excuse me, and I'm going to decommit. Now, the teams that the, the team, not the teams, the colleges that are in the running for four star recruit Nassim Khalid are Kansas, Memphis. All right, now there's Memphis again. My boy Penny Hardaway is jumping in there again. And um, University of Oregon. So those are the three colleges that are in the running for Nassim Khalid. And you know, it's a beautiful thing. You know, he's an excellent ball player. He's an excellent ball player. And I just think Nassim Khalid just wants to be happy. He just wants to be happy wherever he goes as far as his education is concerned, because education is first. And as far as playing on the basketball court in the game that he loves. So again, um, former, now he's the former FSU committed. Nassim Khalid has decommitted from FSU. And like I told you, the University of Oregon and Memphis and Kansas are now in the top runners for Nassim Khalid's services. This is an interesting situation. And if you watched game three at the Oracle the other night, you saw Kyle Lowry dive for a loose ball and land in the front row. Once he landed in the front row, a gentleman pushed him. All right. Now, here's the thing about that. You know, you know, the NBA is very is a very unique league. And and what's going on is the front row and the game as far as seating is right on the floor. Most fans get excited when players dive into the stands or land on them and things of that nature. When you sit in the front row all the way around the court, you should understand that at any time a basketball can hit you a player could dive into the stands on top of you. And, you know, most players get a kick. Most players laugh at this and they enjoy it. And that's why they're in the front row. Well, this gentleman, Mark Stevens, and by the way, Mark Stevens not only is a regular fan, but he's a minority owner of the Golden State Warriors. Wow. This guy is a minority owner of the Golden State Warriors. And so he pushed Kyle Lowry and they exchanged a few little words. Well, now we're finding out that uh, Mark Stevens has been banned by the NBA for one year. He's been fined a half a million dollars. And, you know, kudos to the NBA for acting very quick on this situation. You know, the players need to be protected as well as the consumers. Basketball games, NBA games in general, is an event, and everybody should be safe. Not just the consumer, the players should be in a safe haven also. And so I'm glad that Adam Silver jumped on this situation, and really, I think I think he should put up the minority ownership that he has. I don't even think he should be an owner. And then he cites that, oh, I don't like to be touched. Well, guess what? There's a ton of luxury um, box seats where you can eat food and everything. That's where all the other owners are in the luxury box seats, Mr. Stevens. So why are you down on the floor if you don't like to be touched? I mean, this is just ridiculous. And so I'm glad that Adam Silver jumped on this situation right quick. And I'm telling you, Adam Silver is a great, great commissioner. And I'm so glad that he jumped on this situation the way that he did. But I think he should have had him uh, sell his minority ownership also. He really doesn't need to be anywhere around the team with this type of attitude. It's just disgusting. And so I'm glad that the NBA jumped on this situation, okay, because it was something that needed to be jumped on. I mean, when Coach Luke was watching the game, I actually said, did this guy just push Kyle Lowry? Kyle Lowry was going for a loose ball. He was in action, people. 
He was playing the game. He wasn't doing nothing to anybody but hustling for a loose ball. And like I said, most most fans love it. They love it when the ball lands in their lap. They love it when the players jump jump on them and dive on them. Man, when Dennis Rodman, going back, when Dennis Rodman used to dive into the stands, man, the cameras would be flicking. They loved it. Fans love stuff like that. So I don't know where this guy Mark Stevens came from. And, I mean, it shocked me when I found out that he was a minority owner. So you should know the game, sir. You should know the game. You've been a fan of the game to the point where you invest your hard-earned money and become a minority owner, and this is what you do? Shame on you, Mark Stevens. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. So I'm glad Adam Silver jumped on this right away. And like I said, Commissioner Silver's an excellent, excellent commissioner. You know, and I tell you, he's doing an excellent job, man. And so he jumped on this right away, and he banned Mark Stevens for one year. He cannot show up to any games. For one year, not just in Oakland at the Oracle, or well, well, the Warriors are moving from the Oracle. This is their last year, but he can't go to any games, not just the Golden State Warrior games. He can't go to any games for one whole year, and he was fined a half a million dollars, and that's a beautiful, beautiful thing because you know what? You got to pay the consequences when you do things like this. Once again, tap into All Things Basketball Podcast. Follow me and I'll follow you. Tap into All Things Basketball Facebook. If you need good training, hit that email button. We got a lot of great coaches on deck. Come on, people. Let's go. Download, share, like. You know, the Instagram is open. We had an excellent training question. I get amped when I hear those training questions because you know Coach Luke is a coach. All right? I get amped. All right. Did you guys hear Paul Pierce? Paul Pierce is a former player. He played for the Boston Celtics. He's a, he's somewhat of an icon in the Celtic building. Excellent player. I've never been a, a big, big fan of Paul Pierce, but I give credit. Coach Luke gives credit where credit's due. He was a heck of a ball player for the Boston Celtics and they won the championship. The one 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 they won one championship while he was there. He also played for the Brooklyn Nets and he also played for the Los Angeles Clippers. So he had a great, great career. But now what I'm about to say is very, very disturbing. Alright? The year they were in the championship, okay, Paul Pierce is now admitting the wheelchair incident. Now, he, he he came up limp, and now we're finding out all of this was a fake. He came up limp. He, he, he went for a shot, and he came up limp. They carried him off the court, but when they carried him off the court, he acted like he was in so much pain, they got a wheelchair. And so he wheeled, they, they wheeled him off the floor. They wheeled him off the floor in Boston. All right. And um, maybe about 10 minutes after that, he comes charging out of the locker room to a standing ovation. Well, now we found out that Paul Pierce was faking the whole deal. And, you know, it's just disgusting. I'll tell you, Coach Luke, you know, because you know what? I love this game. And any time you put shame on this game, Guess what? Coach Luke has a problem with you. And guess what? Paul Pierce, you put shame on the game of basketball. Now we found out that you faked the whole deal. And that's just disgusting. It really is. I can't believe that you went this far. And shame on you, Paul Pierce. I can't believe you'll do this to the NBA public. And it was very, very selfish act. A very selfish act. I can't believe you do this to the to the NBA public, and it just hurts Coach Luke to his heart because I love this game, and I would never put shame on this game. 
you know, and I've never played in the NBA, but I love this game all the same. I tell you that. Shame on you, Paul Pierce. This is just horrible. This is very horrible. When Coach Luke heard this news, I couldn't believe it. I really couldn't. And, you know, people, my listeners, we're going to leave it at that. We're just going to get off of that. But it's news, and so Coach Luke has to give you the news. Paul Pierce faked the whole wheelchair incident, and it's just disgusting in my eyes. I tell you, it really, really is. Once again, tap into All Things Basketball podcast on Instagram. Follow me, and I'll follow you. Tap into All Things Basketball podcast on Facebook. And if you need good training, hit the email button. We got a lot of great coaches on deck. All right. Anthony Davis. Well, I told you in the last episode that David Griffin, um, president of operations of the New Orleans Pelicans, has seen the light in the sense of Anthony Davis does not want to be in the Pelican uniform. All right, so now we're hearing one of the first overtures for Anthony Davis, and it's coming from the Boston Celtics. All right. So the Boston Celtics are really interested in Anthony Davis. And so they want to give Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, and the 14th pick in this year's draft in order to have the services for one, Anthony Davis. So they're willing to give up Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, and this year's 14th pick in the draft for Anthony Davis. Now, we really haven't heard anything from the New Orleans Pelicans about this offer, but general manager Ainge is very optimistic that this deal can be done. He's very optimistic that this deal will go through and it'll make Anthony Davis a Boston Celtic. Well, I don't know. You know, I know Boston was on the short list for Anthony Davis. Boston is one of the teams on Anthony Davis's short list. And so, hey, you know, we'll find out maybe in the upcoming days what's going to happen about that, that proposal. And it seems like a good proposal because Jason Tatum is an excellent talent. He's a transcendent guy, man. He's a guy that's going to be an all-star. You could see it all over him in his first two seasons in Boston. But I think what's going on in Boston, they're more interested in Gordon Haywood because they signed Gordon Haywood to a massive max deal coming from the Utah Jazz. And so they both play the same position, Gordon Haywood and Jason Tatum. So I think what they're doing right now is they're going to try to move Jason Tatum because there's really not that money. There's not enough minutes for both of those guys at that same position. And so they're packaging Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, and the 14th pick for Anthony Davis. Wow, that's a wonderful deal, but it's a lot. It's a lot. But you can't get a guy like Anthony Davis giving up just a little bit. you got to give a lot to get a lot. And so that's why General Manager Age is throwing in all his cards and trying to get the services of Anthony Davis in the Celtic uniform and in the Celtic building. And so that's a wonderful, wonderful thing, you know. Well, all right. Unloaded. Episode 15. Coach Luke is calling this episode Unloaded is because I'm feeling that the Golden State Warriors, our defending champions, are panicking a little bit, people. They're panicking a little bit. Now, the reason why Coach Luke feels that way is because they put Kevin Durant in a three-on-three situation to see if he's ready. They already want to bring Klay Thompson back, all right? Kevon Looney was jogging around the Golden State building. They want to see if he can play, all right? So now all of a sudden, they're only down 2-1, and I think, they have a little angst. They're, 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 they're a little bit 
angst because they're feeling like, wait a minute, we don't want this series to slip away from us. Well, it's a tough series, and it's only 2-1, people. It's not a series that we could look at. Like Coach Luke said, this series, to me, will go seven games. But I'll tell you what, maybe when you start playing an opponent and you start feeling their aggression, who knows? Maybe Golden State is feeling the aggression coming from the Toronto Raptors and saying, hey, we need all of our players. We need to unload on the Toronto Raptors to win this series. And so that's why this episode is called Unloaded because they're really feeling like they need every single player that they have to beat the Toronto Raptors. Now, walking into this series, that wasn't the case. Walking into this series, the the defending champion, Golden State Warriors, really wasn't looking at the Toronto Raptors as a tough series. A lot of people was feeling that this series might go five games, six tops. I was even hearing sweep. I was even hearing the word sweep. And so, you know, you have a lot of people that are a little bit worried right now from this 2-1 situation. And I really believe that the Golden State Warriors, our defending champions, are looking at the Toronto Raptors and saying, hey, this team is for real. Hey, we got to watch it. Hey, is Kevin Durant ready? Hey, is Klay Thompson ready? We have to unload because if we don't unload, I tell you what, we might be in trouble. And so, therefore, that's what I'm talking about. The Golden State Warriors are getting a little bit nervous, and I tell you why. Anytime you don't feel that what you got, the next man up, is good enough to be the team, and you have to look on the injured list and say, hey, we need all hands on deck, all right? Then, then hey, that's what happens. You get a little, you're getting a little nervous. You're feeling like, hey, it's either now or never. And I tell you, we're only in the third, we're only in the fourth game, people. We're only in the fourth game. And like Coach Luke said, I believe this series will go seven. But I tell you what, it's mental. You know, Coach Luke always talks about it. The game is mental also. And so maybe the Golden State Warriors mentally are looking at this and they've played three games against this team. So they've had a feel for the Toronto Raptors. And maybe they know something that none of us know about the Toronto Raptors. Maybe the Toronto Raptors are a lot tougher than Golden State thought and everybody else thought because Now, all of a sudden, the Golden State Warriors are saying, hey, where's KD? Hey, Kevon Looney. Hey, Klay Thompson. All of these guys are injured. All of these guys are injured. And now, all of a sudden, you know, the Golden State Warriors want to see if these guys are ready to perform. You know, they want to see if these guys are ready to perform. And so, you know... This is what's happening with the NBA um, uh, finals. And I tell you, Kawhi Leonard is, is, is smelling blood right now. Kawhi Leonard is smelling blood. He performed. Kyle Lowry performed. Hey, Danny Green, L.I., baby, we got to pull. L.I., Danny Green was hitting threes all over the place. I told you, Danny Green is a pure shooter, and he's got to get out of that slump. And I hope he stays out of that slump come tonight because I tell you with Danny Green adding to the fray it's going to be a beautiful beautiful thing for Toronto All right, it's going to be beautiful if we can keep getting those performances out of Danny Green I'm going to tell you that right now Serge Ibaka came up big All right, Pascal Siakam came up big you're going to need that type of effort from the Toronto Raptors if they're going to dethrone the Golden State Warriors I tell you that And you're going to have to have solid performances, solid performances. And again, we didn't get that vintage Kawhi, but we got very close in game three. I tell you, he did his thing in game three, and he led the Toronto Raptors over the Golden State Warriors. And now they have a 2-1 lead. And I tell you what, the Golden State Warriors, their backs are a little bit up against the wall right now. They have to win tonight. 
they cannot go back to um, Toronto and Jurassic Park down 3-1. They can't. They can't. They can't get out of that situation. If they go back to Toronto down 3-1, then they're in a big, big problem coming up in this championship series. And it might not go seven. Coach Luke is saying seven, but it might not go seven if Toronto wins the game tonight and goes up 3-1. So there you have the NBA Finals recap. And I'll tell you what, I can't wait to see that game tonight. I really can't. It's going to be a wonderful game. Once again, tap into All Things Basketball Podcast. Follow me, I'll follow you. Tap into All Things Basketball Facebook, all right? If you need good training, hit that email button, all right? Download, share, like. I'm going to tell you right now, it's been a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful episode. I appreciate all the listeners. I appreciate all of the people that come to All Things Basketball Podcast and join me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 7 to 8. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. All right? And we're done with episode 15. Okay? Good night, and God bless.